Hello, and welcome to episode 75 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. If this is your first time listening, I am so psyched that you decided to join me and spend your time learning with me today. And if you are a longtime listener, thanks again for coming back. I know there are a lot of shows you could choose to listen to, and the fact that you're choosing this one says a lot about what you find important in your life, and being a great manager is one of those things. Now, whether you're a first-time listener or a long-time listener, I hope that you will share this show with your friends and colleagues and managers in your life. This is a particularly interesting episode, which you'll learn about very soon. So if you find it helpful, please, please share it with someone else who might benefit from it. That is how we make managers better, by learning and sharing what we're learning along the way. Now, today's guest is Heather Dominic. Heather is the founder and leader of the highly sensitive entrepreneur movement. She's helped thousands of HSEs release lifelong limiting beliefs overcome fears, and learn how to build their businesses in a way that actually feels good so that they can't help but create solid, sustainable, high-level financial success. Heather is an exceptional facilitator and teacher known for creating a safe, sacred community for true transformation, whether she's teaching her signature business miracles class, delivering training online or in person, or mentoring members of her business miracles community in her various programs. Heather and I talk about what it is to be a highly sensitive person. I note this is not about being touchy or emotional. Being an HSE has a whole definition and it's all about how your brain is wired, which we'll talk about in the episode. Heather specifically references entrepreneurs since the majority of her work has been focused on those who start their own business. But her insights and lessons apply to anyone and are very relevant for us as managers. We talk about the shadows and the strengths, how to move from coping mechanisms to healthy behaviors and how to identify if your colleague may be a highly sensitive person. Now here's the conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Heather, thank you so much for joining me today. I am really excited to talk to you. I was already excited to talk to you, but then I took your quiz and then it got me really excited because it turns out that I am a highly sensitive entrepreneur, which I was not expecting. Wow. I am so happy to hear that. One, that you took the quiz. Two, that you're excited that you're a highly sensitive entrepreneur because not always everyone is. And I'm so looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah, well, I'll tell you why I'm excited. And then I actually want to explain, I want you to explain what it is to the audience. So the reason I was excited was because I think of myself as being a pretty low emotion person, very thick skinned, very logical and practical. And so I was like, oh, there is no way I'm going to be a highly sensitive entrepreneur. And then reading the results, I was like, oh, this explains so much about me that I never understood. So it was very satisfying to read it. I love that. That is often the response that I hear just about the satisfaction and a sense of, you know, final clarity of why things have been happening the way that they've been happening and, you know, just pieces coming together and it all making sense. So I so appreciate that was your experience. I'm just curious, were you somewhat super or a super uber highly sensitive entrepreneur? I was a super 
Wow. Okay. I'm so really looking forward to our conversation now. All right. Well, everybody who's listening is probably like, what the heck are these ladies talking about? So can you explain what a highly sensitive entrepreneur is? Absolutely. So first and foremost, the phrase highly sensitive is not something that I created. It comes from the work of Dr. Elaine Aaron, and she is the founding psychologist and researcher when it comes to what she has coined as the highly sensitive person. And this comes out of work that she started in the mid 90s. And the short gist of what it means to be a highly sensitive person, first and foremost, that this is something that you are born into the world with. It's all about how your nervous system is wired differently. And that wiring is really about the intake of stimulation. And that stimulation can be across, you know, all five, six senses and can also include information. And really, again, basically what it means is that something that, you know, someone who's not highly sensitive may or may not find, you know, very stimulating, a highly sensitive will find extremely stimulating. So then where my work comes in is an expansion upon Dr. Elaine Aaron's work and what it means for when a highly sensitive person chooses to be self-employed, to become an entrepreneur, and how to really then manage everything that is a part of the entrepreneurial journey when you are dealing with a nervous system that is wired differently than the majority of the rest of the world. And that's probably just a, a final piece to share for right now, which is that according to Dr. Aaron's work, there are 20% of us in the global population who are born into the world highly sensitive. So again, the majority of the world is not designed for a highly sensitive person. So there's a lot of navigating that has to happen. And then again, that navigation becomes even more extensive when you take it into the world of being an entrepreneur. So, you know, we've talked about that the show is not just for entrepreneurs, it's also for managers of all types. So are there aspects of the entrepreneurial experience that you see resonate for managers that maybe we can talk about what those look like? Oh my gosh, 100%. So it's part of why I'm so looking forward to this conversation. It's something that I'm really passionate about. First and foremost, I really had to go through some real personal terrain when it came to myself and learning how to manage my team as a highly sensitive entrepreneur. And also just my own process and discovery of learning that I was highly sensitive, you know, first of all, changed everything about the way that I operate in my business, but it also changed everything about the way that I operate in my life. And it absolutely has had me looking back, you know, over the, the various jobs and my previous career, which was as a, a high school teacher, actually, before I became self-employed and really seeing, you know, like just so many new perspectives about how things could have been done differently, but most importantly, more effectively, if there had been even a glimmer of, of this awareness, for sure. So let's talk some of the attributes that you describe as part of being a highly sensitive entrepreneur, or we'll call it a highly sensitive manager. And 
maybe how those play out in the workplace and, and kind of what makes it hard for us and or how do we use it as a strength? That was a really big question. Yes, absolutely. So I'm so glad you used that word because that's right where I'll start. So in my work, I've identified some key components of what it means to operate, you know, for yourself as a highly sensitive entrepreneur forward slash manager for this conversation. And the first is what I refer to as the top 12 HSE shadows and then also the top 12 HSE strengths. And from there, how when we are operating within and from those 12 shadow behaviors, how that impacts what I have identified and refer to as the HSE coping mechanisms, and then also the HSE coping cycle. So for time's sake, I'm not going to speak to all 12 of both shadows and strengths, but let me speak to just some of the top I'll say three shadows that I see. So first and foremost is the shadow behavior of overwhelm. And we can all pretty much probably agree that overwhelm is not isolated just to someone who's highly sensitive. But what's important to remember is that because a highly sensitive's nervous system takes in stimulation at a higher degree, if they're experiencing overwhelm, it's going to be at a much higher level than someone who's not highly sensitive. And then that overwhelm and how to try to manage it really is a trigger into the coping mechanisms. For simplicity, I think I'll just focus on overwhelm. We'll just stay with this top shadow. And so the coping mechanisms that I've identified are the coping mechanism of hiding, the coping mechanism of pushing, and then the coping mechanism of what I call combo flattering, which is a combination of both pushing and hiding. So when a person who's highly sensitive gets overwhelmed, either someone who is a manager and or someone who is being managed, then if they have an untrained aspect of dealing with their highly sensitive nature, then most likely that overwhelm will, again, trigger them into a coping mechanism. If they tend towards the coping mechanism of hiding, then what will happen is that they will pull back. And they will literally find lots of ways to keep themselves really, really busy doing anything and everything than what they actually really need to be focusing on to, you know, move the project forward. For example, if a highly sensitive tends towards the coping mechanism of pushing, and again, they find themselves overwhelmed, triggering their coping mechanism of pushing, they will heighten the way that they approach a task or a project, and they will push themselves to get that task done, to complete that project in the same way that an 80 percenter, I call them 80 percenters because again, 20% of us are born highly sensitive, in the way that an 80 percenter will get that ta task or project done. The key is, is that because the highly sensitive is operating from the coping mechanism, that pushing will come at a cost. And typically that cost will be in the form of a health issue and or relationship issues. So 
highly sensitive who tends towards the coping mechanism of pushing, they'll find themselves suddenly extremely sick, needing to call out, not available, you know, really just fully, you know, flat on their back. However, it is that that might show up. It can show up in a lot of different ways and or very contentious in regards to relationships. So just with this little brief explanation of, again, the shadow of overwhelm and the coping mechanisms, hopefully, you know, you can start to hear like, yeah, this would definitely impact, right? Like how to manage and or how to be managed as part of a team. And of course, then the overall intention of any type of management or team team, you know, action, which is productivity. Well, and I'm thinking about myself and some moments of overwhelm I've been experiencing recently and how I, one, I'm the person who you described first of like, let me find a million other things to do so I can avoid the feelings. I can kind of like put them aside while I busy myself with other things and how much I rely on all of my productivity systems to combat that instinct so that I I'm constantly looking at my to-do list saying, nope, that thing at the top, I really should be doing that thing, even though I really want to go do these five other things that really don't matter. Yes. So definitely, absolutely, productivity tools can absolutely for sure make a difference. What I will say is that someone who really tends towards the coping mechanism of hiding, a to-do list most likely is not going to matter. And um, often the hiding shows up in forms that can be seen as, you know, more like within the category of martyrdom, where the highly sensitive will then go into a quality that is absolutely part of the highly sensitive nature, which is being very much of a caretaker. And so that highly sensitive will absolutely, they'll be, you know, supporting maybe somebody else on the team, or, you know, they'll be taking care of their children or their spouse or their friends or their neighbors or their, you know, neighbor's dog or their neighbor's dog's hamster or, you know, like you just name it. And so it becomes, you know, very elusive. Uh, And then until it's at the end of the day or when the project is due. And then suddenly it's like, wow, I've been so busy, but how is it that I haven't gotten done what actually needs to get done? Because again, the highly sensitive is not only avoiding overwhelm, but often, according to Dr. Aaron's work, the highly sensitive will avoid even the possibility of overwhelm. So those tools can absolutely be helpful and supportive. And ideally, what we want to be doing is we want to be unraveling that automatic triggered behavior and learning how to shift out of coping and into creating. And when I work with highly sensitive entrepreneurs, obviously, as an entrepreneur, that is absolutely imperative that you are able to be in that space of creation versus coping. And the good news there is that one of our HSE strengths is creativity. But again, the tools can be helpful and typically they can only get us so far. Well, now I'm realizing that, well, one, so my, this week's coping mechanism was planning my mother and father's big anniversary family trip, which was super fun to do and didn't move me forward in any way, shape. And I really wasn't the best person to be doing that. But I was like, oh, this is something I can do that is a great thing for my family and will make it easy for all my siblings. 
right? So like, I'm so resonating with everything you're saying. I so appreciate that as a beautiful example. And I appreciate your vulnerability or what I would refer to as VNV energy, being willing to be visible and vulnerable because it's such a, a power practice for us as highly sensitive. So thank you for sharing that story. Let's talk about the creativity side. Like how do you start to make those shifts? Because I'm imagining that there are a lot of managers who might experience this as, you know, I love helping my team. And it's probably actually one of the reasons why I love helping my teammates so much and I love the work that I do in helping others. So if that's your instinct, right, if if there's maybe that sense of I want to avoid the overwhelm of my actual job so I can focus on being a great manager and supporting my colleagues, how do we get ourselves out of that into that creation mode? Yes. Well, you know, the first step is going to sound like so overly simple, but it's actually super important and profound. And that is to be aware of your coping mechanism, (laughs) which is why I so appreciated that you had that recognition and then shared your story. Because actually the story that you shared, most people will probably like hear that story and be like, but that's such a great thing to do. You know, you did a really nice thing. Like you did that for your parents. Like you're such a good person, maybe. And we have to learn to be like the the exact automatic awesome step that you took, which is like, I probably wasn't the best person to be doing that. So it's not necessarily about the act that's being done, but is the act that's being done, the actions that are being taken, is that really serving the, you know, ultimate intention, right? So like for the business owner, you know, the ultimate intention of, you know, maybe it's a a marketing moment or just any aspects of moving the business forward or again for a manager to bring a project to completion or a team member to really be able to, you know, participate and, you know, really fulfill their part of that team, of that project. And so you have to be able to recognize like, wow, you know what, like this isn't really working. So the way that I tend to have an automatic or reactive engagement when I feel under pressure, when I feel under stress, when I am potentially going to be experiencing overwhelm, I need to learn to recognize this. And then from that awareness, then I need to be able to understand what's happening with my behavior. And then I need to be able to start to take actions to do it differently. So the actions to do it differently, that can really come from, meaning the insight about how to do it differently can come from one of the primary tools that I teach and offer in my mentoring programs is what I refer to as self-assessment. And self-assessment is a, a really, again, very simple, but also very profound tool. And you use this at any time. It could be like just for a task. It could be for a project. It could be after, you know, you did a major marketing launch. And to really take yourself through three primary questions. First question is what worked well about this? The second question is what did not work so well about this? And then the third question is 
based on what I've now learned from this experience, what will I do differently next time? And then the star bonus is to take that third, the answer to your third question, and turn it into implementable actions that you will apply to the next time that you have to do that task, the next time you are working on a similar project, the next time you're engaging in that kind of marketing. And that process then begins to, again, dismantle, right, to unravel automatic behavior that you've developed probably over years of, you know, just again, learning how to cope, how to get by as a highly sensitive, and then begins to shift it into a very tangible, visceral, workable, proactive approach to changing the way that you engage and behave, again, when it comes to productivity, task, project, marketing, you name it. And I really honestly have to say that engaging in that act of assessment is everything that has moved my business forward over the last 16 years. And really, I mean, we haven't really talked about my story, but I didn't know that I was highly sensitive when I first started off as a person who's self-employed. And it was a very, very dark, difficult time of massive overwhelm that came, that led me to understand and to realize that I was highly sensitive. And then I have been able to design my business since understanding that I'm highly sensitive so that I can maintain a seven-figure business mission and really have so much more fun and like be so much more at peace and really like love my schedule and really feel centered in myself, which is the exact opposite of how I was up until learning that I was highly sensitive. So that's, you know, not necessarily a brief answer, but also not as extensive as we can go. But I would say absolutely that key is that process ongoing process of self-assessment. Yeah. And it makes sense, right? It starts with the mindset and self-awareness, which I find to be super powerful in everything. It's just that pause and ask yourself, like, why am I doing this? Is, is this the best use of my time? Is this the right next step to do? And still, you know, of course, like everyone else, we sometimes ignore that or we forget to not do those processes. And in that same kind of after action review is a great practice to do for yourself and with your team on anything, right? Like that's just a good, healthy behavior to pause at the end of something and say what worked, what didn't. So I love that. And then taking it into action and translating it into things, like that's the crux of it. That is the key right there. Exactly. And I'm so glad that you highlighted that because it's really kind of funny and odd, funny as in like ironic funny, that most people actually resist one, the process of assessment, but two, then actually putting it into action. And that's just because people get comfortable, which really makes sense because just in general, as human beings, we don't like change very much. And definitely as highly sensitives, we extremely don't like change. But that is really, again, the key because that's what we're, we're looking for, right? We're always looking for how it is that we can improve. Again, whether it's a task, a project, marketing, whatever it is to be able to move your focus forward. 
So we don't have a ton of time, but I would love for you to go through one more shadow strength and just give us the highlights of it. Absolutely. So another shadow is over-responsibility. That is very common for those of us who are highly sensitive. And what we were talking about earlier can really lend to that shadow of over-responsibility because over-responsibility and the coping mechanism of hiding tend to go hand in hand. And what that really comes from is that, you know, one of our abilities as highly sensitives because we can take in stimulation at such a high degree is we we tend to really be able to pick up on what others are feeling right we can pick up on feelings we can pick up on emotions and we can really intuit others needs now that can really be an awesome strength to be able to utilize as a manager as an entrepreneur when you really learn how to harness it, when it's in its strength capacity, then that's the HSE strength of empathy. When it's in its shadow capacity, that's over-responsibility. When you're in over-responsibility, then you really believe that just because you can have a sense of what someone else is feeling or experiencing, that you're responsible for their experience. And that can absolutely massively work against you as a manager because you really need to be able to delegate. You need to be able to hand over and you need to really be able to rely on a team and each team member to be able to fulfill their role. And that's going to be very, very difficult if you're stepping in and you are altering your behavior because you feel responsible for someone else's experience. I, I like don't even know what to say to that because I feel like I'm constantly <laughs> in the mindset of what can I do differently to help this person feel better, do better, succeed easier, right? And it's part of being what I think of as a great manager is recognizing your own role in that. But you're totally right that you can't own their reactions and responses and experience, right? Right. So then the the crux becomes, like I said, is you want to just watch where it tips from that strength of empathy and where you can then hand over and direct and manage your team to be able to take personal responsibility versus you feeling responsible for how it is that they're actually able to succeed or not. Yeah. So well said. Well, I know there's so much more we could talk about and I I wish we had the time to get into all of it, but we don't. So just before we wrap up, I'm wondering if there are ways that you can spot a highly sensitive person on your team. So, you know, for some people listening, I'm sure they're listening and saying, oh, I'm seeing some of this in myself. But given that it's only 20% of the world, it, it may not resonate for everyone. But yet it's likely if you have a team of five that one of those on your team may be highly sensitive. So Are there ways that you could start to identify or things that you should look for to start to get a sense of whether someone on your team might be a highly sensitive person? I love this question so much. I wish truly that every single manager and every type of organization, association, company was asking that question. So you're exactly right. If you have a team of five, then probably most likely one of them is highly sensitive. So first and foremost, you can recognize by one, having a willingness to not expect everyone to behave and process information in the same way. 
That's number one. That has to come from you. From that space, then you can most likely be able to spot, highlight a person who's highly sensitive because you can see them. If you're, again, attentive and, and, and really in tune, you can see them processing differently. They probably need to take a bit more time. They probably are the ones who offer up a more deeply relational, empathetic solutions to problems. You probably can see that what you think maybe they're just being quiet or shy or introverted is actually that they're listening deeply and they're thinking deeply. And if you give them the time and the space to experience that deeper process, then again, they'll be able to offer up, again, an expanded contribution to whatever it is that you're focusing on. And the the last thing that I would say is you can probably also just recognize a highly sensitive because maybe just in plain simplicity, they're the one that's either like, often cold in the room, often hot in the room. They're the one who's really impacted by maybe if there's, you know, too much noise going on, like we've got like computers running and we've got the radio playing and they would really prefer to to work in quiet or they work better in quiet. So yeah, those are just some examples. And if you are able to recognize and then really call on that person and utilize that person or people on your team in a way that really plays to their strengths, oh my gosh, you know, you are absolutely going to experience the benefits as a manager. Fantastic. So now where can people keep up with you, Heather, and learn more about your work? Absolutely. So I would say first and foremost, that as you've been listening to Mimi and I chat and you're having a sense that either you might be highly sensitive or someone on your team might be highly sensitive, I would just really recommend going to www.hsequiz.com. And there you'll find an assessment. And that's an expansion of Dr. Aaron's work. And that assessment, as Mamie was talking about at the beginning of our conversation, will help you to be able to see if either you or yourself are somewhat super or if you're like me and you're a super uber, HSE. So hsequiz.com. Awesome. Such a pleasure. I've learned so much today. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. I loved our conversation. I hope you will take advantage of that offer to go to hsequiz.com and find out if you are highly sensitive. As I said, it was a surprise to me, but makes so much sense once I started reading more about it. And I encourage you to get your team to do it too. If you're a member of the Modern Manager community, you get a discount on Heather's Business Miracles course. To get that discount and dozens of other guest bonuses, go to mamieks.com slash join. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash join. All the links are in the show notes and they're in your inbox if you subscribe to my newsletter at mamieks.com slash podcast. Lastly, if you're looking for other great podcasts to listen to, try Rocketship FM. I really enjoy the show because Everything is business-focused, but the topics are really wide-ranging. Everything from sales and growth to culture and product management. So there's almost always something that's relevant for managers. And I love them because they interviewed me as part of their episode on meetings titled, Meetings Don't Have to Suck. They did a whole season on productivity, which that was a part of. 
and there are a number of great episodes on deep work and email and more. So check out rocketship.fm wherever you listen to podcasts. Lastly, don't forget to share this episode with a friend, colleague, or manager. And if you're so inclined, leave a rating or review as that will help other people find the show and know that it's worth listening to. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.